0: most of us no matter the body that we live in the norms in western society equate exercise to be existing for the purpose of weight loss or weight control as we explored in the last episode this experience is limited and quite possibly traumatic and this in western society is a human experience it is a norm that we accept And that the fitness industry continues to put out there. It's also a shitty norm. It's unhelpful. It's toxic. And it's one that we all know. However, that human experience then starts to split off when we begin to unpack the position we experience it from. So if you, like me, benefit from thin privilege, from being able bodied, from being white, you have very likely seen yourself in these spaces of fitness, of movement, in sport, in adventure. Google those terms that I've just mentioned and see what is represented. See for yourself. I'll wait. See it. If you haven't, if you can't, I'm going to describe what you will see. You will see thin, so-called fit-looking humans, white humans, and that's about the extent of it. Barely are our eyeballs shown people of color, people living with physical disabilities, people using mobility aids, people with diverse gender expressions, and people of varying body shapes and sizes. So now imagine that you didn't benefit from unearned privileges such as being white, able-bodied, and cisgendered and thin. What might you see? What might you imagine it feels like to occupy those spaces that I mentioned, to participate in those spaces, to even exist in those spaces? We can use a gendered representation of sport here as an example. So take surfing which we're going to talk a little bit about today in the episode. Where I went to school on Sydney's northern beaches in the 90s, I possibly could name one female surfer. Now, I know that there were more, but that's probably my experience. But I could name plenty of male surfers. And that's because female surfers weren't in film, in TV, in ads like men were. And so how does that impact a generation of youth who don't see themselves in that space? And what does that lead them to internalize about their belongingness or not of that? In August of this year, I shared a post from my friend Kanoa Green on Instagram. And in this post, she was offering a fun workout that you could do at home. And this is a DM that I received in response to sharing her post. This is shared with permission. Thank you for sharing, Nadia. I checked out Kanoa's Instagram and her retreats, and she's located near me. When I saw paddleboarding with bodies like mine, I cried. It was a good cry. I've always thought that the punishment for my body size is that I have to abandon any idea of adventure these words hit me really hard. I was heartbroken for this stranger on the internet who felt that her body size was a problem and that that problem was apparently punishable by missing out. So that's what this episode is about because this is not uncommon. And it absolutely translates to how someone in a marginalized body shows up for themselves, takes care of themselves, and experiences their life. This is what it means when we speak about systemic oppression. I'm Nadia Felsch, nutritionist and intuitive eating counselor. In this podcast, we explore the practical aspects of leaving the diet mentality behind and finding your own food and body freedom. In this episode, we'll be exploring movement in all bodies, and I'm absolutely thrilled to be speaking with the friend that I mentioned, Kanoa Green. Kanoa is a celebrated fitness and yoga instructor and adventurer who's creating space for plus size bodies in the outdoor industry. Kanoa is literally redefining what fat bodies can do, how they are perceived, and where they can go. Plus, as you will hear, she is literally joy personified. Her energy, wisdom, compassion, and intentions through the work that she does are clear for anybody to see. Now, you won't hear a lot from me in this episode, and that is intentional. It's time for me to shut the fuck up. I do not live in a marginalized body. I do not have the experiences that Kanoa will share. I have unearned privileges. This is not a conversation for or about me. And if you feel similarly to me, if you resonate with those privileges, please know that whilst this conversation is also not about you, it is still for you, for everyone. We are each responsible for dismantling systemic oppression and where we can, learning how our privileges are protecting us and therefore what we can do about that to unpack the whole damn system. It's only through listening to and learning from others' lived experience that we can do this together. In this episode, Kanoa and I cover her light bulb moment on her first hike. The parallels between movement and eating and hint, hint, tuning into your body and its needs are right up there. The difference between the first time that she paddleboarded and the second her goal of working towards a world where people never knew that they weren't originally part of the space, preserving this one body that we have, why all bodies can be athletic bodies, how leaning into her own physical fitness provided the support that she needed navigating vision impairment, helping her to trust and appreciate her incredible body throughout this time, the importance and universality of variations in movement. And we also touch on how limited representation is impacting limited access to activities for some bodies and how small steps really add up. What was your relationship to movement like growing up? And you can include any timeframe that's right for you.
1: Yeah, Um, it was very much, you know, in those words of I didn't, not even, I didn't think I belonged in the outdoors or in activity as a whole. It just wasn't even part of my reference of thinking. Yes, I saw people doing it. Yes, I saw images in TV, but never had I put permission for myself to envision my body in that scenario, because it just, my it was movement equated into losing weight, into gaining acceptance, to shrinking. I mean, there was no alternative. There was no maybe get more active so I could do sports, or maybe to be more active. That was never part of any discussion or conversation surrounding me, either at me or even within me. Right? I I didn't generate those conversations myself because I everything everyone was telling me was, oh, you need to lose weight, exercise like I just equated, there wasn't even movement. It was exercise. Exercise. Yeah. It was just, that was it for me. Um, and it's obviously, it's, it's a negative thing. It's, there, there's never a positive that's happening because it's, am I moving enough? Am I moving hard enough? Am I burning enough calories? Am I shrinking? Why am I not shrinking? I mean, there's just, What am I doing wrong that, you know, that's causing me to either be this big or not, you know, reverse this? So there's shame, there's embarrassment, there's, Mm. you know, all of this negativity and you're just, it's a cycle and you're constantly bombarding yourself with this negativity. And I mean, I got to a point where I was (laughs) thinking, I mean, I think a lot. I don't know know. if that's a Taurus (laughs) thing. But I, I maybe it's because I'm an only child. i always just like thinking, entertaining myself, and having conversations with my own <laughs> But I thought there has to be another way. Like there, there has to be, and there has to be some place where I just have joy in existing in my own body. Right? Mm-hmm. It's just there has there has to be something, and I didn't know what that journey would look like. There was no roadmap, <laughs> like let to get from point A to point B, um, but I thought, let me just explore movement with this mindset of feeling proud of where I'm at right now, and everything that I do from here on out, I should try to find pride in that, right? Mm-hmm. And just in myself, um, and and maybe not love at that point, but just appreciate or have just a neutral. Like <laughs> let me not just bombard myself with negative thoughts, mm-hmm. and that's really what allowed me to start venturing into different types of activity. That's the first time I went hiking. And hiking for the first time was that idea of, well, one, I have strength in my body, right? So I never thought that I would be an outdoor hiking kind of person. But here I am, I'm outdoors, my body has strength to do things. And I may not have been able to get to the summit of that first mountain, but I thought in that moment, well, I can use fitness and exercise as a way to gain the strength and the stamina that I need to get there. And that was the light bulb moment of right. I can latch onto something that excites me because the idea of climbing a mountain, that was exciting to me. I was like, oh my goodness. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs>
0: like the challenge. <laughs> it sounds like you like yeah, the, the,
1: ch- yeah. the challenge and just the reward of, of that and just being in that space and then getting to enjoy it. And I thought, well, that makes sense. Right. Athletes use fitness and exercise as a way to condition their body to excel in their sport, that activity. Why is this all of a sudden, why does that have to be different just because I'm in a larger body? It doesn't. Mm. And so that's when I really honed into my journey of movement being about building my body to do the things that get me excited. And it was hiking and then it was paddleboarding, boarding, and then it was sailing, and then it was surfing. <laughs> um, into so you know, every activity? activity. Exactly. It's <laughs> like, then it's like, oh, there's nothing I can't do. I can live a life full of adventure, full of excitement, full of everything that I denied myself because I thought my body didn't belong in that space. When in fact, my body
0: does belong in that space. Absolutely. So would I be right in thinking that part of that shift was permission? I, I am allowed to be here. I, I can make this happen. This is oh, yeah. okay.
1: Yeah. I mean, after the first, you know, once you hit the first summit of the mountain, I was like, oh, yeah, like no one's ever going to tell me I can't do anything <laughs> ever again. I mean it was feeling of real. I mean it really it gave I gave myself permission to do everything else after that because I I had realized I hadn't lost a single pound in that journey of you know making it a quarter of the way up to the mountain to the very top. Um I you know my pant size was still the same size. It was just a matter of gaining, gaining and not losing.
0: Mm -hmm. Um,
1: and gaining not just the strength and endurance, but the confidence and the belief in
0: myself. Do you think, you know, when you talk about when you were younger and you were thinking, you said it wasn't even a reference, like to go for a hike, like that just wasn't part of your world experience at that point, right? Do you, like, how much has this got to do with not seeing someone who looked like you in these spaces on TV, in ads, or, or am I wrong? Did you see that? Uh, no, I, didn't. <laughs> I mean I did not want to assume. Don't want to assume But in in adventure, I mean, in fitness, in sport, like across it, did you You know it's hard to
1: say because if I I had never seen it. And so it's hard to say, well, if I had, you know, I don't know what right. that scenario was that right. didn't Um, I'm sure, you know, there is something to be said obviously now being of face and a figure that is out there in the world and then you hear that back of people's experiences even like young people which is so exciting you mm-hmm. know my dream is that there's generations of people who never knew that they weren't part of that space to begin with right because it's all of us you know forging the way and being out there and forcing our way in there yes, <laughs> yes. Uh, but I think it does make a difference um mm-hmm. Because even now, even though I am doing these things, I get to see other people who look like me doing other things that I haven't done that I'm excited to try, right? And that just reinforces, for me, this confidence and idea that we really can do anything and everything.
0: Hmm. You talk about the realizing, I love how you talk about the conditioning aspect. So, you know, you're on this mountain. I'm imagining a mountain. (laughs) And like anything we do for the first time, we are not conditioned, right? And it is a struggle, like for all of us, for all pursuits. That's normal, right? That's a human experience. But I believe it's coded as not a human experience. Would you Would you agree that like we assume maybe some bodies can just do it because maybe they're yeah. thin bodies, for instance? Oh, yeah, of course. They can just get up that mountain. There for sure. Can. I think, <laughs> I, I, it's so interesting that that was the the click you mentioned, or the the kind of things changed to oh, if I do these things, they help me do these things. Was that like yeah. that was a really clear kind of point? Is that what you were going to say? Then yeah, and it
1: felt like it was a new idea that mm-hmm. had never been presented. Mm-hmm. And I think we even see this still today. It's we a body of a certain shape or size and we automatically make assumptions that person is lazy that person doesn't have strength that person is healthy um that person can or can't do certain things Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and to be quite honest if that is the whole of society that is telling us that we are internalizing that belief that was my belief i never even tried to hike because i had automatically thought my body looks this way it can't do X, Y, Z. I mean, literally, it was like Z, <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> it was
1: all the things. I can't do anything. <laughs> and I, I shied away from doing anything because I really thought if I even try, this is not going to end out well at all. Mm. Um, but then that light bulb moment happened. And it's, for some reason, we've just this idea of, if you already look like an athlete, we can talk to you about movement being athletic. But if you're a larger body, we can't because all of a sudden you don't have strength, you don't have stamina, you don't have mm. capability or mobility. And it's just we've automatically assigned these mm-hmm. things to people based off of their body size. And it's just, you know, athletic bodies come in all shapes and sizes. Not Absolutely. every athletic body looks one way. So,
0: yes. <laughs> and take, take me through the first time you paddled When was that out of interest?
1: That was 2016. Okay. Like the first time, yeah.
0: We could agree it's a skill. Uh, On top of the physical kind of, you know, ability and strength, And it's a skill, right? Like there's a lot of skill involved, yeah?
1: Yes. Um, It's interesting because there was probably a two-year, there was a two-year gap from the very first time I paddleboard to the second time. And it's interesting because in that time, I was at the beginning the first time was I was really at the beginning of having this idea of using athleticism right like fitness and movement as a way to build my body mm-hmm. the second time I did it I was already in that mind frame and that I experience see. was so different because the first time I struggled just like even being on the board
0: <laughs> and and was that but your was belief as well
1: um at that time you know it was the second outdoor it was the next thing that I tried after hiking. Okay. I think there was a little right it's you're like, oh, I did this one thing. Right. Oh, I'm it. And you're like, oh, is it just that one thing? <laughs> There's a right. little bit of that. Um, but coming into it the second time, and I was very, very sure of my body. Oh, it's interesting because I still didn't think it would be as successful as it was the second mm-hmm. time. But I mean, it was like I was up on my feet immediately. And it was I had full control over. I mean, yeah. it really was just like I had been doing it. For a long time, it was only my second time. report wow. um, So then it transitioned into, you know, the next thing being surfing. I had the confidence mm-hmm. of I know my body. My body is strong. My body can do things. And so, I mean, yes, I fell like 50 million times, like anybody would. <laughs> of
0: course, um, <laughs> exactly. Anybody, yeah.
1: But I did. How ha- I had, and I knew how to train for it, and I knew how to condition mm. for it. Um, in the body, and again, my body never shrank. Through any of this journey, you know, being but yeah. you gained
0: much. You gained many things. <laughs> yeah, many. You have been celebrated, uh, deservedly so, in some of the world's you know biggest fitness magazines. You lead workouts on the Join app. You've just, as we were talking about, led your first active retreat in Greece of all places and been in (laughs) Italy for a new project, um, which is the world's first digital surf program for plus-size beginner surfers. Got that right? Yes. (laughs) I mean, it's
1: such a long time. I mean, honestly, it's the
0: first
1: anything that has been designed for plus-size surfers, period. Mm. Just
0: Yeah, whatever level kind of, (laughs) yeah. Did, did you ever think you'd be doing all of this? Is this, is no. this younger Kanoa's <laughs> idea of her life?
1: Oh, my goodness. Younger Kanoa would be god because mm. she would not have in a million years thought that she could even have an impact that made me cry. I was thinking I'm crying. Sorry, but not Sorry. <laughs> But, and I think this is true for a lot of us, we have challenges in our lives and things that we overcome, brokenness, heart, whatever that might be, challenges, struggles. And we have the capability of utilizing, learning, leaning into that, growing from it, and then using that as a way to then shine light and help others, right? And so I think mm-hmm. that to me is just so beautiful I mean, Mm -hmm. it's so worth it. I'm like, I would go through all of those years of insecurity and and everything again, again, over and over again to then be at this place where I'm at right now, Mm. right? Where I get to change and, uh, you know, people who may have had that same mindset and get to see themselves um, in a new light and to give themselves permission to dream of themselves paddleboarding or hiking or something, maybe motorcycle, ride, something that somebody's something, never yeah. said, But there yeah. could be something in their life that they just have not allowed themselves to dream. Mm-hmm. And maybe it's been tucked away in their heart, and they get to open that up um, to the point of, you know, literally, I'm hoping, you know, generations down that there are people who never knew they didn't belong in this space, That's so in cool. any space, Um, And they never have to experience that, right? It's we get, we have the opportunity to change someone else's Mm -hmm.
0: reality. That is the coolest thought ever to think that 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 wouldn't be their life experience. That you you had never not belonged, so to speak, inverted commas. So cool. (laughs) So if you think of what you were sharing earlier about not even having a reference point of yourself being adventurous, using your body, living in your body. Where, I guess, is your relationship to movement at now? And is it, I mean, I could assume it's contrasted immensely. What stands out as the biggest difference to you?
1: Because I have, you know, sometimes we, and we may not even realize that we are looking for that affirmation and that Mm -hmm. we want to see that. Um, Whereas and I, and I think subconsciously, obviously it was because I didn't put myself in any of those scenarios mm. until I did. And then for me, it's, I put myself into the shoes of the person that I want to see. That's why I love doing so many. I like, what, what's the next <laughs> adventure ahead of us? Um, because I have now given myself permission to be that person um, if I don't see them. And to be that person first and foremost for myself. And then if it's for someone else, that's awesome as well. Uh, But I I think that's where the main shift is because Mm -hmm. there isn't anything that I'm not willing to dream myself into. Wow. That's super
0: cool. (laughs) So let's talk about, I mean, I was going to say workouts, but to be honest, I think it, I think it's more than that, but I guess for most folks listening the workout framework kind of makes sense, right? But I think let's be clear, it could be in any environment for any activity, right? Let's not just think of the gym right now, okay? So let's talk about variations in workouts because I think this is not only vital and important, but also the reframing of it, I think could be really powerful. How how has this kind of shown up for you in your work?
1: Yeah, I mean- for me, when I was even starting that journey of how do I now switch this relationship with yeah. movement and exercise yeah. and fitness, um, and I really wanted to delve into it because I I knew that there was a lot for me to gain through exercise. Like, I needed it, mm-hmm. obviously, because it mm-hmm. to my body. But then you're in spaces where you're not offered variations, modifications for things, um whether it be, it's just not even spoken of, maybe the instructor doesn't know, or trainer knows how to even, they're like, I don't know. I've only ever done it. Facilitate it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Right. (laughs) There's
1: one way, this is the one way to do it. There's one way. Maybe they might know another way, but it wasn't necessarily the one that was for you and your body. Um, and so a lot of it was me figuring it out on my own, right? Um, at the very early stages was just let me explore. This doesn't feel right. There's got to be another way. I still have to do a lot of that um, in, in training into helping other people. It's like, I've not done it that way, but there, I know that there's other ways to let's just play around and workshop mm-hmm. and figure it out. Um, but I realized it's, you know, everyone needs variations. I teach workouts in gyms where I have people of all capabilities. I have pro athletes that are coming into the classes, and they need variations just as much as the beginner. There's injuries, there's stiffness, there are things that are happening in every individual's body. And we can't just assume that assumption again <laughs> that a body mm-hmm. certain looks a certain way it can do all the things, and then this body can't do anything, right? It it just doesn't happen. Um, And I've seen that very much in action. And I like to just give options because you never know what your body needs on any given day. You might be able to do a burpee the one way that you see everyone do it, but there might be another day where it's just not gonna serve your body best. You might be tired, you might be fatigued. Um, You might put your body in the safest possible position to do that move if you take a variation right so it's removing the ego and that's something I've had to work with because in a lot of fitness spaces it was about I'm the big girl in the room so I have to prove myself so I have to do it that way and now I've gotten over that <laughs> I put myself in some compromising positions with injuries just because I needed to back off and I did it because it was, I,
0: I, my ego was mm. not in check. <laughs> so, like I'm, I'm, I got to I got to show up here kind of thing.
1: Yeah. Right. I have to do this. And is that really honoring your body and what your body needs? And, you know, hopefully our goals are to preserve this one body that we have, the only one we got. <laughs> totally. <laughs> yeah, that's <Nick laughs> a big part of it. And us do that.
0: I I love how you speak about it is, I mean, I've definitely found that in my own experience. I I see it in people around me as well. And if we think of it as a parallel in my world of food, it's literally like saying we should all eat the same. I mean, it's absurd and unrealistic and privileged and stupid I can keep going on. <laughs> say that you that you eat the
1: same every single day, which is exactly. our body is not exactly. a robot. It ebbs and it flows, and the same thing is with movement. Totally. Um, and just giving, listening to your body and saying, "What do you need today?" So that maybe it's a hit workout, maybe it's a walk, maybe it's a dance party mm-hmm. in your living room, maybe it's rest, maybe it's doing nothing. Right? Those are all parts of it.
0: I love that. I, I feel like there's so much what I see in you, Kanoa, is thinking of your younger self. Not that I had the the pleasure and privilege of knowing your younger self, but not only the permission yeah. of, is a shift. I, I mean, at least I I've had you for this time so far, which is great. <laughs> but the the permission that you speak of, but also trust, that's what I'm hearing. When you speak about your body, you 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 got your back, so to speak. You know it. And I also am aware that you got there through challenge, through not knowing, through not trusting. Yeah. Obviously movement held a place in in terms of trying to shrink a body, right? that That's the value yeah. that it held. This is where it exists. And none of that is about trust or empowerment. Yeah, absolutely. And now it's in a really different place. Yeah. Yeah. It definitely was that. And I think it
1: and it kind of does tie in with like me losing my eyesight in 2015 because that was really for me I mean that obviously is my body (laughs) it just unexpectedly happened um but using movement when I could because in that moment I really realized I didn't want to take my body for granted just any part of it yes it was my vision and that wasn't necessarily part of the phys- the aspect of me being able to physically do anything per se. But I knew that I wanted to just be grateful for mm-hmm. my body and what it could do. And I really leaned into fitness. And it was a way for me to, tr- to learn how to build trust in my body when I couldn't trust what were going to be the outcome of me possibly being permanently partially blind, right? Mm-hmm. Like that was the reality I was faced with. And I really always say the reason why I think I came out of that scenario so positive was because the physical strength that I was gaining actually was what I was able to lean on when I didn't have the emotional Mm -hmm. mental strength within me because I was so scared of, I don't know what my life was going to be coming out of this without vision. Um, And so it really did allow me to trust my body because then I was like, Oh, I got this. Like, I couldn't hike when I had vision of both eyes and now I can hike and I can't see out of my right eye. And it really just doubly made me had to tap into the fact that my body can do incredible things way more than I ever gave it credit for. Yeah.
0: Bodies are very cool things. Like very cool things. We <laughs> very, very <laughs> Underestimated way too much. <laughs> I agree. I agree. So where to next for Kanoa and what activity? Like, is there something on the horizon you haven't checked? You haven't tried? You're gonna be the first one to know. Tell us then I'm not even shared with my
1: Instagram and they know something's wow. happening. This so is top I'm, secret. It is so top <laughs> secret. So, thankfully by the time this watch it, <laughs> it'll be, it won't, awesome. be. <laughs> <laughs> it won't be, but in this moment it is. For sure. And I'm slated to do a project in Hawaii, which I'm so excited about. Um, If you don't know, that's where I was born. That's my heritage. Um, And it's so interesting because we're supposedly supposed to have this project on Maui. And through this journey of sharing my own story on Instagram, I've gotten in connection with so many amazing people like yourself, and especially within just this plus size community, plus size larger body people doing amazing things in the outdoors and I happen to know someone in Maui who is a scuba diver and actually owns as a plus-size woman a scuba instruction um, school and so So the goal is to get certified in open water scuba while I'm on this project. (laughs) Which I am, I will tell you, out of all the things, I'm probably the most nervous about this because my greatest fear in all of the world is like drowning. <laughs> oh goodness. <Okay>. Like <laughs> being in an enclosed space underwater. So like this is the thing where I kind of get a little like, oh my goodness, I do that? I feel that. I feel
0: um, that. <laughs> but it sounds like you're excited as well. A little bit of both. I mean, I'm excited. <laughs> It's been something that's
1: been on my list. It's funny how it just kind of popped up. So I haven't had enough time to process it, which is probably a good thing. Um, it's a very good thing. <laughs> <laughs> but I am excited because it's, again, one of those things where you see very little representation of, um, you see very little support of people, plus size, larger body, people who want to do it. They just, they go to an instructional school. They don't have the wetsuit that's going to fit them. Yeah. They don't have the appropriate <laughs> gear. Um. So I'm excited to take this next journey. I love that. Be a trailblazer
0: as called uh, uh, again.
1: <laughs> I mean, there's there's many that do this. So I cannot take credit for it. But um, just to be among uh, you know, some incredible people that are already out there, and then you know, obviously,
0: to then
1: hopefully show other people like absolutely, this is yet another thing that you can do that maybe you never even thought was possible. I love it
0: thank you for the gift that you are and that you give all of us it's just it's such a pleasure knowing you and thanks for your time thank you for having me isn't she just incredible I am so thankful to you Kanoa for sharing with me and with us and I just know that you listening right now are more inspired to take up space to adventure to give yourself permission to be and to use your amazing body. Over and over, I see the positive outcomes of supporting this empowerment to be, to trust oneself in the clients that I work with, how they begin to see themselves in these spaces, doing these things that maybe they've only ever attributed to some bodies being okay, or pursuing weight loss as Kanoa shed, or being miserable, in pain, and maybe avoiding all of this out of protection. Your body is enough, and it's the only one that you have. You deserve a full and expansive life where you get to use it and not feel limited in doing so. For all of the links and notes from today's exploration of movement for all bodies, including how to find Kanoa and her incredible projects, head to my website, nadiafelsch.com forward slash podcast. Alternatively, you'll find the link in your podcast player. If you'd like to get in touch with me, learn about my current group program offerings and client availability, the best way to do that is via my website, www.nadiafelsh.com. You'll also find my Facebook group, Food and Body Freedom, and on Instagram and TikTok, my handle is at Nadia Felsch.